This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Yo, what's poppin' everybody? You're listening to the MBSP Live from the Bulldog Radio Studios. Myself, Brandon Worth, alongside my partner, Joe Nagy, and we got a banger of an episode for you today. Lots to cover in the fair stage sports world, including some tennis sweeps. Over the weekend, we got an awesome interview with senior tennis player Josh McDermott that you're not going to want to miss, as well as some big news in Detroit sports, as well as the MB3 makes the returns. Me and Joe are finally going to debate uniforms, and it is going to to be epic, but make sure that you check out this episode and subscribe to all of our platforms, both on social media and also all of our lovely platforms like YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. But without further ado, let's send you to the interview with Josh McDermott. Now joining us in studio, Josh McDermott, senior on the Fair State Tennis Team. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how's it going? Great to be here. Might be a little bit different since he's from New Zealand, got a nice accent to him as well. But love it, Josh, you're a transfer from University of Missouri, Kansas City, which I don't think a lot of people know about. What was that process like to not only transfer portal to Fair State, but also like go from New Zealand to Missouri and like that type of stuff? Uh, yeah, so um, it's a pretty, pretty big jump, you know, coming from New Zealand. Uh, I had an agent uh, that I worked with back in New Zealand. He deals with a lot of uh, different sports in the country. Shout out platform sports management. Uh, but yeah, they helped me out, got me over. A great thing, you know, they have with that deal is that if you're looking to transfer, they'll they'll help you out too. So when it came to transferring, I got in touch with my guy and he got me on the uh, I got on the portal and yeah, he got it started. And within like a week, I was pretty much already in touch with Coach Doran. So that was great. And we headed off straight away on the first call and I was pretty much ready. That's awesome. Yeah, and you guys have had huge success under Coach Doran as well. And I mean, you and Ben, obviously, you have been killing it in doubles. Just talk about like the development you guys have had as a team overall throughout your whole uh, two years together, and especially this year in your final season. Uh, yeah, so especially in these past this past year and a half, our team has had great growth. Um, that first year, I think it was the 2019-20 year, it was a little bit of a rough year with COVID. Um, obviously there were some injuries that happened, but yeah, moving on from that, that next year, we got some new recruits, Jan and Ben, yeah, that was huge for our team. And we also sort of matured a little and we just have a great, uh, team culture and work ethic now. So it's, you know, a great foundation to build on. For sure. And being from New Zealand, like obviously not being home and stuff, and there's a big difference in cultures uh, between America and New Zealand. Like what are some things that you miss uh, about back home, but what are some things that like you like about America? Um, so it's probably the main thing I miss about home is definitely the food. Mm. The, the, like, you know, there's some things here I love about the food, such as, you know, barbecue and all that type of stuff, burgers. But yeah, back home we have great food. So I miss that. Uh, I miss my friends and family. I haven't been home in two and a half years, so that's hey, it's wow. it's pretty tough. Uh, looking to go back soon, but yeah. What's your favorite meal back home? Favorite meal is probably going to be a steak pie. So it's like a savory pie because I know over here they do a like shepherd's pie kind of it's kind of like a shepherd's pie yeah it's yeah. like a steak and it'll be like gravy and stuff it's, it's really good yeah oh I'd, man i highly, highly recommend so i'm getting hungry now just thinking about it, it sounds delicious uh, i also know that um back in high school um back in queenstown new zealand 
I heard you ran track. Is this true? And what events did you That's run? That's correct. I did run track. Uh, I did a lot of cross country when I was younger too. But uh, so I ran the three thousand meters and the fifteen hundred meters. Um, I usually won uh, the high school sort of track meets, and then I'd go on to the regionals. Won the regionals for the three thousand meters a couple of times. And then I had South Islands. I think I placed fifth in the three thousand meters. And my time, I think, nationally was pretty decent, but, yeah, not quite there. I just didn't put in enough training in the end. But, yeah, it's more focused on tennis. Track star, tennis star, he can do it all. Yeah, Mad he can respect. do everything. He can do everything. And, like, for tennis, like, it seems like not it's not a superstitious sport or anything, but, like, I mean, Rafael Nadal has some crazy superstitions. I think Djokovic has some pretty crazy – or Novak Djokovic has some pretty crazy superstitions. Do you have any that, like, kind of stick out to you that you have to do, or does anybody on the team kind of have some crazy ones? So I don't really have any crazy superstitions. I know, obviously, like on the Pro Tour, some of the guys have some, you know, they have their own superstitions. But yeah. on our team, I'd say uh, Yannick, he has his little superstitions with his drink bottles. I don't know if you guys have come and watched, but he will he will always make sure they're lined up, kind of like Nadal does, facing a certain direction. He's very particular with that. Uh, like him, he's where he sits, he's particular with that too. Jan, he's super superstitious about his rackets and tensions. Like he he had he'll have a different racket for a different game, different uh, let's say temperatures and stuff. So, yeah. but other than that, I don't for the most part. I, like my by myself, I might have some things I do, but I'm not 100 percent aware of them. So. Show up and play. Yeah, Dominate, just show that's up and about. play. That's, that's my style. Yeah. Hey, that's respect, that's respect. most yeah. consistent style, right? Oh, for Nothing sure. else you can do about <laughs> yeah. that. But yeah. obviously, now being uh, here in the later parts of March, I mean, obviously, you guys have had a great uh, indoor season. Now looking to probably go outside, especially over your guys' games over spring break. What's been the the big difference of transition of playing inside a lot faster, um, comparably to now going in outdoors, which a lot of people say is a lot slower. Uh, yeah. So. I know myself and maybe Ben, we, we both love playing outdoors a lot more than indoors. Our style of game is a little more suited to that. But, uh, yeah, we just got to get outside hopefully soon so we can start practicing, getting ready for outdoors. Uh, the Florida trip was huge in terms of getting us ready too because last year we were indoors the whole time and then it was straight to outdoors for Gleick. And, you know, we persevered at the start, but I think uh, when we came up against Southwest Baptist, it sort of hurt us that we didn't have more matches outside against some good teams. So, yeah, Florida has definitely helped us. For sure. And, I mean, opening up GLIAC, uh play against Grand Valley, there's some really great energy both on the court with the players, but also the fans well got into it as well. Like, what was that kind of – do you feed your – do you find yourself feeding off that energy much or are you kind of more locked in when you're, when you're playing? Yeah, I'd, I'd say I definitely feed off that energy, you know. Um, it's great when – the fans are getting really loud and getting into it. And especially like our teammates when we're on court, I definitely feed off, you know, the the players next door to me. That pumps me up too, yeah. especially if, you know, you might be going through a rough patch. So it's it's good to also get loud yourself so you can pump the others up. And, yeah, you know, it's a Grand Valley versus Ferris match. It's always going to be pretty lit. So. Oh, yeah. it's Anchorbone right there. Yeah, Anchorbone, exactly, exactly. baby. But yeah. obviously, yeah, you guys have been together as a team for a while now. The camaraderie that I've noticed being at matches, both men's and women's, has been really awesome to see. Talk about the the team's culture, especially with your growth, um, not only on the, on the court, but even off as well. So, yeah, uh, we have a great team culture. Um, these guys are like my best friends. I hang out with them all the time on and off court. My old school was more, you know, we were great friends, but I wasn't hanging out with them every day type of thing. So it's great here. We have a great culture. We like to have fun, but, you know, we we're also responsible at the same time and we really like to work hard and we're at practice. And yeah, we have a, 
we have a great understanding for how our team works and what we want to achieve. So it's a it's a big thing for sure. And last week took on some uh, greatly improved teams with Lake State and Michigan Tech. Uh, you know. What was that kind of like uh, going into practice? You knew that they were a little bit more improved, especially knowing that like before, after this game, it was kind of going to be mostly road games. Yeah. So props to Lake State, Michigan Tech. You know, they've they definitely improved since last year. From you know, that's how I feel. Uh, coach, you know, definitely told us in practice to you know we, we can't be overlooking these teams, and then we got to you know keep doing what we do, practice you know just as hard as we usually do, and just get out there and get the job done. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we shouldn't overlook any opponents really. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and I mean, you guys now, uh, all of, especially with the Senior Day festivities, which was really awesome to see, now going to uh, a little bit of a road stretch here. How does that change the mindset kind of going into this next month of April where you're going to be on the road for three, four, five matches in a row? Uh, yeah, so, you know, it's tough that, you know, we're not going to have any more home matches, but I think, you know, we're all locked and loaded. We're ready. We're hungry to, you know, get out there and play. So, I don't think we'll be affected too much. We just have to be smart, you know, rest and recover and just get out there and practice and yeah. And Brandon and I, we've seen Coach Doran like uh at the at the matches and stuff, being able to kind of experience with him, talk with him a little bit. What's he like as a coach, kind of after the matches in practice and kind of when you guys are in that tennis realm? Yeah, you know, so we have a great relationship with Coach. He is a, a lot of respect for all of us. You know, we have a lot of respect for him. Just a great guy. And yeah, you know, I'd say he's probably the same as you know when he's engaging those spectators as he is off the court and you know sort of at practice. He's still the same guy, just very happy, always positive, and cheering us up. But you know, he can also be serious when he has to be. Uh, he does a great job at practice, motivating us and getting us ready for our matches. So, and yeah, he's always there to talk to if you ever need anything. So just uh, you know, he has a lot of qualities that you'd want in a coach. Coach of the year for a reason, you know? Yeah, 100%. Coach of the year for a reason. And uh, one thing, obviously, a lot of people uh, may not know about tennis is, I mean, really one of the most cultural, diverse sports we have here at Ferris State. A lot of you guys are international. You you mentioned Jan, who's from Sweden. Um, Yourself, obviously, from New Zealand. Kind of talk about how you guys all kind of come together here at Ferris State and have kind of this this huge, diverse culture of team overall. Yeah, so I, I really love that we have a great uh, diverse team. We've got guys from you know all over the world, and it brings a lot of different perspectives and uh, opinions, so it's great. Uh, it was the same at my old school, University of Missouri, Kansas City. All my teammates were international. We had like two American guys. But yeah, I think it's also cool for the American guys here, you know, to meet a bunch of other uh, people from around the world. For sure. But uh, yeah. And uh. Davenport and Purdue Northwest coming up this weekend. Uh, Davenport has cracked the top 25 uh, for the first time in their uh, program history this season. Uh, what's kind of been the team's mantra so far working this week to be able to prepare for those great teams that are coming up on the road? Yeah, so Davenport's had a great season so far. They had a great win against, uh, I think, the 20th ranked team, might be 21st mm-hmm. uh, in Florida. Uh, the record's been pretty good, but, you know, we're, like I said earlier in you know, this interview, I've, we're, we're super motivated. We know what we have to do. It's been the same the entire season, same as last year. We get in, get the job done and work hard and just just fight hard, you know. So For sure. Yeah, as long as we do that and just stay focused, we'll, you know play hard. This history, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let it do what it do for sure. But Josh, we appreciate you having on the show. Obviously, one last question for you. We ask every athlete coming on to the show this question. What is your favorite thing about being a fair state bulldog? Yeah, so I I definitely have to say it's the winning culture we have here at Ferris. Uh, All the teams are very successful. Um, I feel like every team loves to fight and just push themselves. 
yeah, I just that, that's what it is. The winning culture. Yeah. Yeah. Not every school has like a national championship football team. And then, uh, you know, multiple teams who are winning the GLIAC every year and almost every year, it seems like. So that's usually a reoccurring answer is just how, how well the, the fair state bulldog program has just been able to really find success. But Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show. We greatly appreciate you taking time out of your week and uh, good luck this weekend against Davenport and Purdue Northwest. Hey, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Hopping right on into the Ferris State Sports Report, we go starting with tennis. And boy, it is a great time to be a janitor, Joe, right? Yeah, you got to grab the brooms out almost every week, out. basically. Get the brooms out. A clean sweep for men and women over the weekend against Michigan Tech and Lake Superior State. And I mean, it was really fabulous play from both sides. And obviously, we had the senior day festivities on Saturday. And congrats to the seniors for winning their senior day game and all they have done for the program. We can't wait to see how they finish out their careers this year. And I mean, really, a good exclamation point against two tough Gleak opponents. The men getting uh, a dominating win against Tech six to one, and then I believe Lake State was also six to one. So that's a huge boost for them. And then the women coming with two big close clutch wins in four to three fashion including the one point coming from doubles and that is what we've been talking about on the show so much is how crucial that double doubles point has been and really that's uh, that's the reason that we came out on top in both matches it just shows how important it is yeah for sure and i think the one thing too for the men's side is like uh talking to coach doran and kind of seeing his like post game interviews and stuff like both of these teams, especially with Lake State and Michigan Tech, like they've improved so much over these past couple of years. You know, Lake State was a kind of a team where it's kind of like a pushover where you definitely don't want to go in kind of expecting too much, but you knew that it was most likely going to be a W going into the column. And Michigan Tech was kind of the same thing too, but especially on the men's side, they started to battle back a little bit. I mean, the uh, Matisse had to face off against a freshman, and when that kind of comes up on the on the stat sheet when a senior is going to go up against freshmen and sing, especially in number one singles you're like okay well he's going to roll this guy but he was actually kind of struggling a little bit especially with kind of reserving or receiving some serves and stuff like that so there was some really solid play from the Huskies uh both on both sides, especially men's and women's, but it was crazy to see it, uh, on the women's side it coming down to the wire and getting that win to be able to uh, push them over, especially being a senior and stuff, and uh, you know bouncing in a lineup. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at all the, the the matchups and the stats from this weekend, and you see a lot of great things. You see a lot of dominating scores, obviously, for the men's side. The 6-1 takes care of that right out of the gate, but I mean, we're playing really, really solid in, in doubles, and we've been keeping that role all year. I mean, getting 2-1 against Lake State, um, we fell in the ones match, but hey, that happens. Uh, like you said, that there, there was one matchup. Some of those younger guys for Lake State played really tough, and that was something that they kind of played a little bit over the expectation going in, as you just mentioned, Joe, but Still able to clean up 5-1 overall in doubles matches across the weekend and only losing two singles matches. And I mean, both of those matches uh, came in at least, three, at least three sets. One of them actually pretty much took um, it pr- took two extra points in sets early on. And the third set, I'm going up to 22 points. So that just shows you how intense that matchup and back and forth was going. I'm sure people's eyes hurt after watching that one back and <laughs> forth so much. But maybe need a chiropractor for the neck or anything. But hey, that's 
that's what they that's what the, i'm pretty sure that's what they make the the balcony for so it yeah, takes so a little bit of that, that stress much. off you know got to use my chiropractor got to use get a chiropractor every time you watch <laughs> tennis but still great overall from the men and i mean obviously being able to take care of the biz from the top down and singles has been fantastic and i mean we look forward to going that as well and on the women they're doing they're they're really finding ways to win and that's that's certainly what you want at this part of the season with all these uh, conference junctures and i'm you look at a lot of the a lot of these matchups and it they're decided in two three sets playing extra time and being able to stay tough stay mentally focused and strong throughout the whole way mm-hmm. has been a key to the success because i mean those are going to be the moments when we get into conference championships and even possibly in regional national matchups where everybody's going to be good and you're going to have to play through three sets almost every single game yeah, for sure. And uh, especially with getting these two wins, it's going to be pretty solid, especially when we have to make a, almost a three-week road trip uh, for these next couple of weekends coming up. Like you have like Davenport, Purdue Northwest, and a couple more that are going to be pretty long road trips, I guess. And they're not going to be out of the state of Michigan too much, but it's still going to be tough to be able to go to other places and try to keep up that momentum and keep up that energy. But, you know, especially with Davenport, like for the men's side, Davenport's, I think, in the top 20 for the first time in their school history. So that's going to be a really tough matchup for, uh, for the men's side to be able to go in, especially going into Davenport and kind of, you know, trying to set the tone there it's going to be really tough but i think the the boys got it and the women are going to be able to do much of the same especially seeing that we're on a little bit of a roll we're kind of starting to pick it up a little bit and find our stride so yeah absolutely sam stevenson sophie davida picking up the sweep and doubles and sophie also getting both wins and singles she's been playing on fire right now uh as well as a lot of the other players as well getting at least one or multiple wins and a winning record overall throughout the two games but i think the one thing you can notice from that too is each game somebody else new is stepping up which you mm-hmm. you need in such a depth-minded team and i mean you obviously have one of your star players out already in the season who's going to step up and we've already seen somebody at least step up in one of these matches each and every and yet each and every game so that's super important when you go into especially in conference matchups where you're going to have to have those where there's somebody, somebody's going to play out of their mind and beat you, but can somebody else step up, use that momentum that you can get from the, from the crowd. Cause they get pretty amped up when there's some of these longer points in these longer matches that it just shows how much more important it is. And when you have somebody that feeds off of that and then can do their part and maybe take down somebody that they're on paper, not supposed to be, it just goes both ways. And I mean, for this team, that's certainly going to be needed, and right now we're seeing it already, and I mean, that's nothing but positives looking down the road. Yeah, for sure, and that's something that you can really look forward to. I mean, as a coach, too, for Coach Dorn, seeing that like people are starting to pick it up, and it's a good spot, too, being middle of the season. It's a good midseason test for these two teams, and to see that you know it's still going to be a lot more uh, tests to come, uh, seeing that we got Eastern Michigan, the D1 team coming up, uh, that one's going to be a tough one for both sides, and you know, Kind of giving it a good solid little breakup from the GLIAC stuff, but still, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how it goes, especially since we're not going to be returning home till late April uh, when we play Saginaw Valley. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a wild schedule ahead. Like Joe or like Joe mentioned earlier, we got the GLIAC matchups coming up uh, at Davenport coming up Friday, April first, uh, and then Purdue Northwest will be on deck on Saturday. Both of those are going to be away, so. You can follow along online at ferrisstatebulldogs.com. Uh, for the live stream, you can check out, I believe, their Facebook, Ferris State Tennis Facebook page may have a live stream on there. Not totally sure. They usually do for home games, but maybe you never know. 
uh, you can check that out, but also follow all the information there about the tennis team. But moving on over now, uh, softball was actually not in action. Unfortunately, Mother Nature had other plans this week to suspend both Wayne State and Saginaw Valley State games. So not much to cover from there, except, you know, Mother Nature... Can be a thorn in your side sometimes, man. Yeah, Mother Nature kind of sucks when it comes to trying to schedule stuff, especially in March when Michigan is known for literally switching up. I mean, last week we had, what, a 60 or 70 degree day, and today is, what, 19 when I woke up this morning. So it's definitely crazy to see, like, the the amount of difference. You can never, like, depend on it, which kind of stinks for these uh, teams that are kind of coming in late in the year and have to get all these games in before, you know, school ends and stuff like that in, what, four or five weeks or something. So it's going to be quite the, quite the ride for them to make up all these makeup games. But you can definitely tell they're going to be ready when uh, when the when the game start. I mean, we got a game today. I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday. We're going to release it on Wednesday. I got to work out. I don't know if you're working at Brandon. Do you? I will probably not be there. I'm mm. I'm not sure that I'll be there. Yeah. But I will well, definitely be, there, be following so. online. So yeah, so that one's going to be pretty solid. Uh, but regardless, like it really sucks to see that like they get postponed because you kind of want to see them in action and get. Get ready for some Gleak stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, you just want them to be on the diamond again. That's really <laughs> the biggest part is we just haven't had some of those opportunities as of recent due to weather. And, I mean, it kind of seems weird that it's been, like, abnormally amount of cancellations. Now we are in March. You take that with a grain of salt as far as weather goes because, you know, it was, what, 70 degrees last week? And then over the weekend, it was in the 20s. Like, it just changes on a dime and you can't do anything about it but just adjust even though it is awful to do so but i think that there's a lot you can take from the the, the postponements as far as you know this it sucks but it gives us more time to prepare and i think that's kind of what the mentality got to go into uh, i mean you look at a situation of where this team is at and uh, right now a little bit of, a little bit of a I, I wouldn't say like a i wouldn't say like a fork in the road as far as it's kind of hard to tell where this team's going to go, but I think there's just it's kind of we've hit a we've hit a barrier, and how are we going to get over it? And I think that we just want to get back in action so bad against against teams that we know that we can compete against, especially with Wayne State. Uh, and then obviously we'll be playing Lewis. That'll be all of tomorrow when this is released on Wednesday. But you have a lot of these games where you want to just bounce back and you want to get that opportunity to spring forward and win a couple of games. But I mean, when you just don't get on the field, it's kind of hard to do so. But a lot more time to prepare. That is a positive out of this. Uh, you can get in the cage more. You can let some uh, some pitchers' arms get all iced up and we're ready to go for the next week um, and, and get a lot of players healthy. But uh, that's kind of what you're at at this moment. It sucks because you want to keep playing games. And obviously, we're going to have a lot of games coming up. Again, we're going to be playing Wayne State in the makeup games on Thursday. Uh, and then we're also going to have GV and Stamenport. Uh, we'll be traveling to um, Caledonia and Allendale both Saturday and Sunday for one mm-hmm. o'clock, three o'clock doubleheaders. So uh, use the time. What's <coughs> coming back? We'll be on the diamond soon. Just got to be patient. Yeah, true. I'm excited for it, though, because I haven't really seen a, a women's softball game since like freshman year. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. I mean, especially after COVID. I know I watched a couple games before that, and then it just, you know... It's gone like that with uh, the whole COVID canceling season throughout everything. But you still got a lot to look forward to with this team. A lot of young talent, a lot of veteran uh, leaders that can bring the squad a lot of juice. And uh, you look at where this team's at and there's a lot to improve on this season. And there's a lot to get as far as going into in going into this GLIAC season. Uh, obviously, the GLIAC keeps slipping on us. That's fine. You can keep doing that and you can laugh at the mm-hmm. end. But 
there's a lot of time and a lot of good opponents on deck, and we just look forward to whenever whenever that time will come when we can get back out there. For sure. That's one thing that I am very much excited for is yeah. shock the world. Shock the Gliak, baby. Shock the world. But uh, Final Fair Stage Sports Report. Uh, golf is going to be in action coming up here. Uh, a couple, They are going to be just driving back from uh, a tournament uh, down in, uh, I think it was in Lexington mm-hmm, uh, over, over the weekend. Good old Kentucky. Probably pretty warm there, not going to lie. But uh, a lot of good results. Obviously, we're still awaiting uh, the second round results here on Tuesday. But on Monday, a lot of good stuff. I mean, a 293 round score. That placed us, I believe, somewhere uh, around the top 10 in the field. I believe tied for seventh is the official mark. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh Jeffords had a really nice first round of a seven. Uh, with Thomas Hersey at 72, as well as Zach Corner 73, uh, Shane Buffet 78, and Nathan Kranick at 78. We're in a good spot. Really looking for that second round improvement like we showed last tournament, mm-hmm. and that can get us all pretty far up on this course that seems to be laying out a little easier than the um, as far as scoring-wise compared to last weekend. Uh, but still, a lot of our ground to make up. And, I mean, we see a couple teams ahead of us and we know we got to go get, like Grand Valley and Wayne State. So now is the time to push and make a move. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I saw Thomas at the uh, tennis match against Michigan Tech uh, last weekend. And he was, I was kind of talking to him about, like, what they're pretty excited for uh, to see from this tournament is, you know, it's a good spread of uh, not only – Gliak teams and kind of seeing how they're playing and stuff like that, but also just the regional teams that they might be seeing uh, if they can make or when they can make the NCAA playoffs and stuff like that to be able to see, you know, Missouri, St. Louis, Ashland, who uses to play at Hillsdale and stuff like that. Tiffin, who's really solid. And to be able to, you know, compete with all these teams is really solid to see, especially, you know, you have those Gliak teams that have been, you know, perennially good, like Grand Valley, who's kind of killing it right now. I mean, but they're a little bit more spread out with. Uh, throughout their one through fives. Uh, but you have teams like Hillsdale who, you know, kind of trade spots list a little bit from the times we've seen them in other tournaments and stuff. And especially Wayne State, who is starting to come out of nowhere and play very, very well. I mean, their one through five can really switch up any place. I mean, they're only a, was a five stroke difference between uh, their tops, their top hitter on day one uh, compared to the last one. So that's one thing to look forward to is just how we bounce back on day two. We tend to play a lot better and that's what I'm going to be looking for. Maybe we'll see some sixties come in who knows, but I think we're all going to stay sub 80 and that's the thing that you got to look forward to. Yeah. The consistency is what makes a lot of these teams <laughs> elite level and uh, especially from one through five, uh, I think is the biggest difference with a lot of these teams. Cause you see, a lot of these teams like ahead of us, they're not necessarily having guys like like as far as one through five, we're there with a lot of these teams. Yeah. Like I mean Wayne State, uh Tiffin, uh and you know, like Hillsdale would be comparables of like, yeah, they're pretty close as far as scores wise, where the range is a lot smaller. And I think the only difference really is like Grand Valley, Missouri, St. Louis, Ashland, the guy, the teams at the top. They just have that one player in the high 60s, getting a yeah, 67 really, or a 60. Yeah. That's the only difference, and that just comes with a good round. Yeah, and there's that's, only a five-stroke difference between fifth place or th- from Hillsdale to us. Yeah, you know? that's, it's it's small. It's literally small details. Every stroke counts, and especially when you're in a situation on the links where you know you're chasing, you know you're only five strokes off going in the final round. I mean, obviously last round moving day, you can you can make that you can make that charge up um pretty much on the chase card. So and that's a nice thing too, it's like I'm not sure exactly how the I'm hoping like in the if it's similar to how PGA is played where, you know, the teams at the lower are teeing off first where 
you don't actually you know what number you want to go get but you don't have the pressure of like oh yeah we finally get there now we can just kind of coast our way through it's like you're in constant attack mode for 18 holes where in, sure. if, if you're at the top necessarily you can you can have those situations where you're like okay now we're up five strokes just play consistent and you might fall asleep a little bit and you can let some strokes go and now five strokes becomes two and mm-hmm. now it's like, ooh, now it's a little tense going into the back nine. So there's a lot of different scenarios there as far as um, pressure and stress going into these last couple of rounds. So that basically being said, you never know what some of these teams might do. They yeah. might feel too comfortable. And that mean, there means no difference of, hey, if we're down five strokes, if we're down 10 strokes, if we're down 14 strokes, there's still a way that this can be won and that just takes one good round, attack, aggressive, and make sure you're hitting square and pure and you're going to be on your way. And that's something we look forward to coming up to preview on Thursday. So hopefully a nice a nice move up and a nice finish overall for the men. Yeah, hopefully they can start picking it up. And that's one thing I'm going to be looking forward to and be following is our guys going to be able to get that get that regular second round comeback so yeah for sure and i mean the the women as well uh finishing up their round um from finley as well last week they finished off really well with a nice second round finish so uh hopefully seen some similar things with that as far as with the men are concerned because i think both teams have a lot of potential i mean you look at what the both teams did last year all positive things especially in the conference tournament so looking forward to that and i mean we're gonna have some good competition going to ohio on this upcoming weekend i believe the men will be at the cab classic the women will be at the nc4k classic uh, a couple miles away so it'll be fun to see both of these teams in action once again and i mean really just keep competing hard in these regional tournaments yeah that's one thing uh super excited for is you know Especially not only that, but it just kind of reminds you, like, spring's around the corner. I kind of want to get to play golf. Yeah, I do want to go play golf. I know they, op- like, I saw some, they had opened up the bays a couple of days ago, and I was like, ooh, it sounds pretty nice right now just to be able to hit for hit for once this year, but... Oh, the ones under the under it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they were practicing out there, and I saw some, I saw some range balls out there when I was driving by this morning, I was like, man, I got to get my clubs out. It's no, been, too, it's been too long. Too. Dude, I'm going out of Florida for a golf internship. I gotta get my yeah, swing. You gotta get, I gotta your get swing. my swing picked up here. You really gotta get your swing impact, that brother. <laughs> You'll have to send me some of the courses that you're playing. I'll oh, try to sure. be, I'll try to sure beat your hand pictures. I'll, I'll I'll put on the MVSP Instagram. I'll say this is where I'm at today. Hi, hi. That'd be kind of cool. There's some pretty nice courses down there too. Fun fact: uh, Charlie Woods plays on the. T- tour that i'm working on so yeah the hurricane. maybe maybe me and tiger will become best friends Ooh, that would be kind of cool a nice little collab maybe have them on the podcast <laughs> maybe <Who knows? laughs> maybe hey the sky is the limit man. The exactly is, exactly the sky is the limit but uh one thing we will mention here finishing out the pharisee sports report just on the docket to mark your calendars the heart in hand uh or heart and heart to heart hand in hand uh special olympics basketball game is going to be around the corner april 19th put that in your calendars me and joe are going to be there it is going to be electric it's going to be absolutely fun the special absolute Olymp- blast special olympics teaming up with fair state basketball for uh um, a unified basketball game and it's going to be probably just as fun as the regular games there's a lot of stuff going on rumors dunk contests three-point contests mm-hmm. half court shots all sorts of great stuff happening and you can follow along with that and the sports careers rso social media uh fsu sports careers uh, on instagram twitter and facebook for more information and i hopefully knock on wood that it'll be also released in the ferris state communication channels as well um to bring out all everybody so make sure you come on out it's going to be super fun to sport special olympics and have a great time you know in a great game and really it's gonna I, I mean it's gonna be so fun i i know like we're working it but basically from what 
me and Joe have been working with our groups talking about and how all the other guys helping make all these things come into, come into true mm-hmm. as far as the marketing, the ops, all this stuff. Like, this is going to be pretty fun. I mean, Rena was definitely uh, a cool experience, but this could be, this could possibly be next level just based on the event by itself. Yeah, it's such a it's such a great event, and it's such a good time to have uh, with you know the Special Olympians and also just our men's women basketball team, and to kind of see that collaboration between everybody is just so cool, and it's it's something that uh, I implore everybody to go to. It's such a fun experience. We haven't done it last year, uh, but when we were able to get a glimpse of it our freshman year, it was such a such a cool thing to experience and encourage everybody to come out it's gonna be a great time yeah just tug at your heartstrings you know you oh, yeah, can, come bit. on out it's it's gonna be fun bring your friends it's gonna be an enjoyable experience it's gonna be just like another game it's going oh and even then fun, some dude. your boy might be on the dj and i think we're gonna get some hype beats up in that game dude, for send sure some music brandon's way and yeah we'll put send it in me some music send us through the mvsp hockey looking for song requests and hey only thing if you send a song you got to be there to dance when I play it on. I mean, that it, that goes both ways. So you guys know what to do. But that's going to be so fun to enjoy. And, I mean, it's really going to be a fun event. We encourage you guys to come on out. But that's Fair State Sports Report. When we come back, big things happening in Detroit. And the MV3 might be making an appearance. Stay tuned. And as we return to the episode now, after our quick little break, getting a little bit of a drink, making sure our throats are all nice and hydrated so that way we're not coughing. My bad, everybody, to kind of uh, <laughs> mess up your ears at all. Hopefully you're not wearing headphones. But over the weekend, uh, Sweet 16 and Elite 8 action in the brackets. Some pretty solid stuff going on. Sadly, the Peacock is no more. Mm. St. Peter's is out of the running. But, you know, we do get, Brandon, a Duke-North Carolina Final Four. First time ever they're meeting in the tournament championship, or in the Final Four, at least. Or is it tournament in general? Yeah, tournament in general. That's crazy Isn't for that how long ch- that's been. You'd think that they would have met, like, one time before. <laughs> you think, right? It's a Cinderella story, man. Crazy. Coach K's final year. Mm-hmm. I was... I don't know. I don't know if they're going to win or not because North Carolina is still rolling. But yeah, it all lines up. And I understand the people out there that are saying this is rigged. I get it. The storyline plays too perfectly. But I think there's a lot you can look forward to as far as like you look at where this season could have went for Coach K. Like it could have been honestly looking into the tournament. Like I know myself included said Texas Tech could have easily beat them. In that game. Easily could have beat them in that game for how well their defense was playing early on. But at the end of the day, that their playmakers really stepped up, especially in the second half and made that huge run. So that was huge for them. And then going on to eventually be Arkansas to get this to this point was absolutely huge. But, I mean, you saw a lot of great games. Uh, I mean, obviously, everybody's favorite, the Peacock, end up losing to North Carolina. Uh, that, That game, I know a lot of people... Uh, when you kind of looked at the analysis of that game, St. Peter's had a better chance against teams like Purdue and and better chances against teams like Murray State, where, I mean, especially with Purdue, you got two primary dominant scorers in Ivy. Uh, mm-hmm. You could you could put Zach Eady in there as well in the, in the post. But when you look at North Carolina, they got guys that can fill it across the entirety of their box score. And I, their guard play... They can all pretty much just fill. I mean, Caleb Love had a huge night. Armando Baycott can fill mm-hmm. it up. I mean, R.J. Davis had he had a sluggish night, and he was only two of eleven. But guys like Brady Manick stepped up huge, and you have all these guys that you can pull off the the bench and are just elite scorers, and that can keep the pace of the game going. Because with Purdue, it was such 
it was such a long run and then just a, a, a long thud, right? Five minutes, they'd yeah. score 15 points. Five minutes, they'd go scoreless. There was no in-between. Yeah. And St. Peter's did great as far as being able to put pressure on them and tire them out with their full-court press, um, which I think Holloway, Coach Holloway did a great job of game-planning that because Purdue hadn't had to deal with a lot of that stuff throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look still at what North Carolina brought. I mean, their speed with their guard play, and, I mean, just the versatility to score really outdid them in the end. But, I mean, you got to give credit. I mean, Coach Holloway got his team to the Elite Eight for how, uh, you could say, uh, not powerful their team was because, it, <laughs> frankly, they, they were 15. They didn't have a lot of guys yeah. that really could match uh, NC's uh, kind of, I won't say energy, but kind of, I don't want to say like talent level. It was just yeah. kind of like out of the gate. Like St. Peter's uh, all throughout the tournament kind of like came out and was able to match the teams like mm-hmm. in first half. And I think that's one of the main reasons why they were able to, you know, push off and really play well in the second half to be able to get those wins because they'd only be two points or so behind and they'd be able to win the second half. But this game, like, they came out really slow. I mean, almost double, uh, North Carolina almost doubled their points in the first half and they were able to pick it up in the second half like they do all all tournament. But it was just that first half where they wouldn't, weren't able to get, you know, that punch in the mouth that the team wasn't expecting for. And I think that's one reason why you can kind of chalk it up for North Carolina getting to the Final Four rather than the Peacocks just historic run kind of coming to an end but also i mean you don't doug doug eater kind of didn't play very well i mean clarence rupert who usually has almost 10 points kind of had two so a lot of their starting five uh was starting to slow down a little bit only two guys in the in double digits so it's not going to be easy to beat a team like north carolina when you don't have multiple at least three or four guys getting high into the double digits uh but you know when north carolina has you know two guys with almost 20 points and they're able to take over it's kind of tough to beat that yeah, it really is. And I mean, you look at a lot of the games overall in general, It there was a lot of like one team was on it and one team was not on it. And I mean, mm-hmm. especially you can look at it just from the spreads of the scores. A lot of these games, I mean, you look at, um, I mean, the Sunday games in particular, Miami was no match for Kansas. And I, I, no chance. I'm giving Kansas mad respect because regardless of how inconsistent they've been in years past, they're playing like one of they're playing mm-hmm. almost like the best team right now in this tournament for how well they've been able to do it both offensively and defensively, holding a Miami team to 50. And I mean, being able to get guys like uh, Ocha Adebaju just filling it like aimlessly and then you got Remy Martin who's been adding a huge boost for them after being injured part of the season so you have that ability to to move away from teams because I mean early on in that game I was I was starting to grin a little bit of like oh boy here we go again Miami's leading 35 (laughs) to 29 at halftime and then yeah, Kansas started playing basketball, and they started playing really good basketball. Yeah, when you almost put fifty spot in a second and a half. That's yeah, forty-seven to fifty. Yeah, fifty spot in the fifty spot and a half in the Sheesh. tournament is pretty crazy, and especially to hold them under twenty points. That's uh quite the turnaround. So yeah, and you I gotta mean, give Kansas props for that. Yeah, Kansas is playing really well. Thirty-two I mean, and six. Holy crap! Yeah, they're. I mean, they're playing. They're they're getting it done, man. <laughs> I mean, this this kind of looks like. Almost what vice versa we saw from the first game in the Sweet 16 against Providence, where it was 26 to 17 at halftime. Kansas was winning, and then Providence was outscoring them with a 44 point half, but they still ended up getting the ability to hold on and win by five. So you got to give credit to Bill Self Squad. They're doing really well. And I know I've slandered on how inconsistent they've been on the show. And I mean, if they, I hope they, I hope they prove me wrong. I really do, because it makes March Madness better when you got those good, mm-hmm. those good teams that can really play to the best of abilities and and really show how great they aren't being a one seed because there's been they're the only one seed left a lot of the other one seeds 
haven't proved up their 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 best play yeah. uh, in this tournament. Baylor, Arizona, Gonzaga all going home very early in this tournament. So, but you got to give a lot of credit to some of these teams, and I mean. We saw some great games and, I mean, some great storylines as well. I mean, how many double-digit seeds did we see end up reaching the Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight? was awesome. Crazy. St. Peter's, Iowa State, Miami, I, Michigan was in there briefly, sadly. And then you got other teams also, <coughs> like North Carolina is an eight seed making the Final Four, which you always see every year. There's always an outlier. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's Blue Buds battling it out. And as boring i guess is kind of the the word that may come to mind this but one doesn't seem like it's that boring no i think know? it's hard i think it's great like it's like villanova like kansas usually isn't always in the final four like they're usually the team that they're usually kind of like a gonzaga that kind of gets kicked out around the yeah. sweet 16, sweet 16 even, elite eight even when they're the number one villanova is just a crazy good program I and mean, this is what they're sixth final four appearance in the last like 10 years i think i saw i i'm probably butchering that stat line but uh they're a good program regardless and then i mean duke north carolina if, i mean that's one of the best rivalries in college basketball i'd say if not one of the like if not the best i'd say because those two teams are pretty deep rooted in hate uh for these past couple for basically however long that their schools have been uh established for but i don't know i'm excited for it it's going to be kicking off april 2 uh, that's what this Friday. Mm, it'll be Saturday. Saturday, followed by and Monday. Then the big dog, big dog Monday. Yeah, national championship in New Orleans. Everybody cancel classes, cancel your meetings, uh, whatever classes. What time you, is the game? It's a, it'd be I believe at a. I think it's at nine twenty. So if oh, you well, have no, no. if you have any obligation, you shouldn't. You and have, you should be able you to be college, obligated to watch right, basketball. If you have a college class around that time. Why would you put yourself through that? Because you're in I know charge some people of your schedule. How do you put your, How do you schedule that? It's a six five five to or six o'clock to nine o'clock lab. That I've heard some of them and like maybe I think that's in the engineering crime. department. That's a crime, isn't it? That's oh a my crime. Gosh, it's terrible. I've had night classes the majority of this semester, and I'll tell you what. Well, freshman it's year, okay, freshman year, we had that one. It. We had that one like what five to eight or. Like six to nine thirty or something class was it? Right. Or you were in that one? I, I was, was not in, in that. Dude, that was rough. Yeah. I wanted to. I was fortunate enough to, I to, to fall asleep so many times, dude. I was gone for three hours in the same classroom with a five minute break at the hour and a half mark. You kidding me? Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. And she didn't allow computers either, so I couldn't even watch YouTube during class. Oh, that's annoying. Sometimes, like. I understand, like, the point of paying attention throughout a lot of these classes, and I certainly try my best to do so, but after, like... There's sometimes where you just want to toss a quick YouTube video, 30 huh? to 40 minutes in where you're just like, all right, I need to look at something else because, like, I'm starting to just get brain dead. Like, I'm starting to just stare into space, see a blank around. page. Like, I need to, I just need to, like, get out... Or I'll go to the I'll go to the bathroom or I'll, I'll go get a drink of water or something and then that usually helps. But like if you got like a three hour class without breaks, I'm I don't know, dude, that'd be so tough. Yeah. Dude, that's why I could never be like a STEM major or anything like that. It's a good thing we're comm majors. Comm majors. Comm majors, yeah. baby. They I, say it's easy. It is it is an easy major. It is, pretty, it is an easy major. It is pretty easy, but this is what I tell people with comm and especially for us sports comm. We class-wise have a lighter load than a lot of the other majors, but the extracurriculars we need to do is boom a lot more, way way the higher. We need to gain like experience and stuff. Yeah, because so. it's so it's so easy. It's 
literally too easy. Like, cause you're competing with all these people that are like, yeah, it's comm degrees. Like we skirted through. So I had time to do two opportunities. Like fine. Well, I got to do three now. No, no, you've got to do four. You're going to set your state. Yeah. Now you're like, yeah, four clubs going on. You're a part of all these different things. I mean, you're an athletics intern, a whole bunch of stuff, but yeah. It, and so you kind of fill that time and you fill that difficulty with a bunch of other things. And that's usually what kind of gets us into that college level of credit mm-hmm. and work compared to like because some people I, I can understand the argument of communications and easy an easy degree i totally get that and some people their 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 analysis of that is not far off but what i'm saying is there's a lot more opportunity for other stuff to be done which a lot of people do and that's why some people are kind of you when you when you hear people complain of Oh man, this like oh man, there's so I got so much stuff going on. I said, what? You're a com major? Come on, I'm in hygiene or I'm in STEM or whatever. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't try to invalidate. Don't try to invalidate my experience Hold just your because role. you're doing. I'm a different doing more thing. stuff than you know about. That's yeah. all I'm saying. And that's put some all respect we're on com major's name. That's all we gotta say. Yeah, shout out to all the sports coms that listen to this episode and all of our and follow along because. There, there we are, see, there we understand, peoples. we understand the grind. Oh yeah, there's also a... shout out to our buddy Travis. Yeah, accepted look at a that. position at Fox 17 News for uh, for May. So yeah. really great for him. For Love to see for position. Him. First position right now at college. Slammed. Travis is gonna do a great job. Also listen to Knockout if you haven't. He's part of that group over there. So that's, that's awesome to see. Great plug. Great plug. Should we hop on over to the women's bracket for a little bit? Yeah, we can. And I mean, really, a lot of people aren't following along with the women's bracket. That's fine. I mean, you certainly can. Choose what you want to see and what you want to don't want to see, but I mean, set up this final four is crazy. Do you see these games? Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty wild one, and you got a lot of these good games. I know I was following along uh, with Michigan, obviously making it so close, so close to the final four, and up running into the torch of Louisville um, uh, last or what was it? Uh, Would have been Monday uh, with a loss there, or no, it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, then they Mm -hmm. won on Monday against South Dakota, but uh, dogfight of a game, end up losing late. But I mean, you see a lot of the a lot of these good games and i mean there was one especially last night Paige beckers and and yukon i mean what was it two three overtimes against nc state 91 to 87 yeah, well, yeah that's NC more state, scoring than we saw in a lot of the men's games so dude, far yeah. this year nc state picked it up dude like that was a crazy one they were able to get that last second three to send it to the first overtime and then what Paige beckers kind of took over second overtime and then they were three you said yeah, I, I remember seeing. I remember seeing like the highlights of it, but it kind of bounced back and forth between the games, so I didn't really get a full like kind of timeline of what took for it. But dude. yeah, and I, 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 I really enjoyed seeing like a lot of those highlights of it, and I like that they're two getting overtimes. the attention for it. It was two overtimes, okay. And I mean, that's I mean, NC State's been in dogfight of games. I mean, even the Sweet Sixteen against Notre Dame was sixty six, sixty three against the five seeded Fighting Irish. So you look a lot at those games, and you're like, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of tough teams overall in in this bracket. And I mean, we're gonna see now. Uh, Stanford, Connecticut, Louisville, and South Carolina, which is kind of like what you more anticipate for March Madness altogether of like, yeah, oh, there's going to be a, a big chunk of this ones and the two seeds. And then you're going to probably see a couple, maybe four or five seeds sprinkled in there, maybe a lower seed having a magical run mm-hmm. where I think that kind of goes naturally. I think with the women that does kind of naturally go just because a lot of these these, a lot of these greater teams separate themselves so much compared to some of the other the field where the men, it's almost kind of like there's such a small margin. It's really who can play the best and make that mm-hmm. streak because, I mean, we've seen so many. I mean, we've not seen North Carolina make it, and they're just an eight seed. Yeah, that's true. 
That's so crazy, man. It's really all about playing at the best time where I feel like a lot of the women's games, not saying that's not true, because, I mean, we saw a lot of, there's a, uh, what, four or five double-digit seeds that made it to the round of 32, and then, yeah, like... some pretty solid upsets, Yeah, but Creighton and South Dakota ended up is, pulling off upsets, so... That is one thing that I've noticed. It's more... Not to like knock it, but you see a lot more chalk uh, yeah. outcomes on yeah. the women's side. But then once it gets to like the Elite Eight, then you kind of see more of the exciting games and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. And also like the fact of it's getting more uh, attention, especially with the NIL stuff going on now in this time where and now we're seeing all of these uh, women's basketball players like that. You're using their name, image, and likeness and making bank. They're, I mean, they're they're really having a great time. Uh, I mean, you see Paige Beckers and Haley Van Lith, the, the two highest college basketball players as far as NIL earnings, both across men's and women's, now are going to be playing in the Final Four and potentially in a national championship game against each other. And, I mean, that's just crazy to see now at that time what the even possibilities would be across those. Joe, you have a shocked look on your face right oh, now. Oh, she's making a million a year off that Gatorade deal for Paige? Holy crap. Yeah. Big bro, bucks. Bro, you don't even gotta go... <laughs> Big bucks. <laughs> and StockX, bro, what the heck? Yeah, StockX, Gatorade, and that's just that's just. Bro, pages. I should have tried harder in high school. Holy crap. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If I yeah. was making... Oh. Yeah, isn't that insane? And that's, that's ridiculous. Just, that's just making the women's tournament better, honestly, in my mind, because I think it makes all this. Because I mean, you even look on the men's side, like Paul Benchero is around, I think, the 10K mark as far as official earnings or whatever. And obviously, there's different numbers based on what uh, the NCAA is kind of considering in that scenario of countable and what's not what isn't necessarily public countable because i mean there's there's no question that they're that a lot of some of these athletes are making more money than the like as far as the nca has official figures about right because i mean obviously you can have small term deals and that sort of stuff but anyway isn't that just incredible now that we have some of these athletes that are making money uh for doing advertising for interested doing all this stuff i'm interested to see in the next couple years like what goes on like what you know because like congress is like sitting on on this and Mm kind of like trying to figure it out because there's going to be a lot of uh rules and regulations set in place fairly soon i'd say that are going to be setting a lot of like you can't do this you can't do this because right now it's basically the wild west like you're just tossing anything and like you can toss whatever you want i mean doug either right away gets a deal with uh buffalo wild wings after the first round or whatever and you know he's making crazy amount now he's got one hundred thirty thousand followers at least and the blue check next to his name so you know he's gonna be you know signing those nil deals and making money and that's the one thing about march madness that we've seen and it's it's a lot more for any other sport, I think, because like we didn't really see this in NCAA. We didn't really see this in the football championships. We rarely ever see this in baseball, you know. But especially for these lower teams that are having these guys like take off uh, for you know the like St. Peter's, and then I forget the North Carolina player who's got the red hair, who's looks like uh, oh Bill Walton back in the day. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't his remember name. his yeah, name. Yeah, but like, I know he's you're starting to about pop them. off, and he's starting to gain a lot more popularity. And I think, especially seeing with March Madness, is like you these a lot of these players who are really popping off and getting hot at the right time, their lives are going to get changed pretty soon because of a lot of these NIL deals that are going to be coming their way. Yeah, and I and I was so many athletes have gotten deals too that nobody knows about. Really, like, did you know? Hunter Dickinson and Naz Hillman were both sponsored by Outback Steakhouse. Like th- some people didn't even know that, right? Bro, that- if I was an athlete, I'd want one sponsor. You want to know what it would be? Who? You want to know who it would be? It'd be Taco Bell. Oh, if yeah. you get sponsored by Taco Bell, could just go there every day and just be like, "Yo, hit me up with a quick you." 
If I was an athlete sponsored by Taco Bell, I would use something to get the quesarito back. <laughs> I swear. Bring free, back the quesarito, please. Free quesarito. But yeah, I'm, I mean, you look at like, I mean, there's even like a website. I believe it's called NILCollegeAthletes.com. You can look at all the athletes that are signing like endorsement deals or whatever, the top athletes, the top sponsors or whatever, like Barstool Sports has done, according to this site, like 7,000 deals. And obviously with that Barstool athlete that we talked with Brooke Norder about on her show a couple months back too, of how much perception that comes in as far as what athletes are actually getting out of that compared to just, you know, because there's they're making the, all this money and they're, they're being represented by a company. How much are they actually doing and how much are they actually getting paid back can be speculative just based on general guesses or if they actually release it. But I mean, obviously, like Paige Beckers did that with our StockX deal. And I think that's just huge of you see all these athletes now making making pretty much a business of themselves in a way that nobody else has done this before. This guy sponsored by Pennzoil? Yeah. Who, free oil changes? Trace Jackson Davis? Bro, yeah, dude. You, might, you know how much money you could save just by not having to get uh, oil changes. Holy crap! Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And a, a lot of these players are doing they're doing social media stuff. They're doing cameos. They're they're doing they're going out to an event to whoever their sponsor is making crazy an appearance. With the sponsorships, dude. Holy crap! Yeah, it's just a it's just an insane time, and it really is kind of crazy to see all this come together in college athletics. You got Outback Steakhouse getting deals together. You got Pennzoil. You got Gatorade making deals together. You Should got say some of these sponsored by Gatorade. There's like uh, I think a couple gaming companies too that are doing it, kind of following that that uh, that phase. Um, kind of that like that phase process you know that started like as kind of rumors a while back of mm-hmm. like getting guys like Bronny to come on and be yeah. part of the phase clan and online gaming and stuff but it's just wild now that you're seeing a lot of these athletes and they're they're starting to get deals based well, off Adidas of, too is starting to sponsor like every athlete that's a part of an Adidas school yeah that is true and it's just getting bigger and bigger and that's just what's crazy about this whole thing is it's just going to keep on skyrocketing and until it and I would have to assume that Congress is going to make some sort of a we're going to start we're going to see a ceiling because they can't let it get out of control. Because I know we already saw there's rumors now of a high school kid. I can't remember if he's oh, in California or if he's down there, Alabama or something. That's going to be he's I think just going to become a freshman in high school. Had to get some sort of an eight million dollar NIL deal by the time he gets to college. Jeez, dude. the guy's not even in high school yet. And he's gonna be making that's insane seven figures. That's ridiculous. Times eight. That's insane. And now it just seems like there's gonna be a time where this is gonna be regulated. But I mean, even if it's regulated, I mean, you're still being able to use some of that money and, and off of yourself, and you're being able to profit off of your image and likeness. And that's what it's all about. And I think that's what's really cool about this whole scenario of like, even especially now, technically schools obviously can't endorse. Are you making a deal for their athletes? But obviously they're they're in the like, hey, I mean, we'd love to have our athletes getting supported by some companies and whatever. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more of like what Adidas did. You have to imagine Nike and Under Armour are going to try to follow suit or Puma or whoever uh, the school is sponsored by. They're going to have to try to match that mm-hmm. if they want to be able to compete. And I mean, that's going to be involved trying to trying to tug at the schools a little bit. Now we might see endorsement shakeups. So it's going to be fun. And I think this is just a wild time to be a college athlete and just being able to follow along. It's going to be a wild ride that's going to continue on for a long time. Yeah, for sure. That's like the crazy thing. Also, shout out to Northwest Missouri State for winning the men's uh, D2 National Championship. Yeah, three out of their last four. 
That's, a, that's an insane athletic school. I think that's like the other school. Other than like, I mean, because Ferris really hasn't done too much with like national championship recognition. <clears throat> but like Northwest Missouri State is like ridiculous with athletes. That is true. Minnesota State is also, I would believe, in that conversation yeah. as well. Well, I mean, uh-huh. well, yeah, because they won what the women's track, right? They won women's track. They won. They could win hockey. Never know. Yeah, they got a chance. Yeah, uh, their football team is all right. Their football team's solid. I know we played them. Ferris played them like two or three years ago in the playoffs and like the then semis or whatever. It, I think yeah. And then they were in the national championship that year that we got knocked out by West Florida. Yep. So I bet. still still frustrated about that. We would won that national championship. Championship game, back to back. We would have gone back to back. Yeah, but you know what? This will be the year we go back to back. Oh yeah, so for sure. We're gonna be looking forward to that. But speaking of football, moving on over really quick, we got an MB three of the best football jerseys coming in this upcoming season. Um, unfortunately, Detroit is not going to be on this list, according to um, news from Rodwood, that the team is not going to have new uniforms this upcoming season. Sad face. But there's a legitimate inquiry about using the alternative new helmet rule to be mm. able to make and custom new uniforms coming up you know how many for the next sick season. jerseys we're going to get with that custom helmet? Yeah. You think we get all white Bengals? Oh. Dude, that would be nasty. That would be absolutely nasty. But do good news on Detroit. I mean, huge news of yesterday. Both announcements of the Lions are going to be the face of the team of HBO's Hard Knock series coming up um, from August to September. I'm going to be rent- getting a 30-day free trial of HBO Max so I can watch Dan Campbell talking about biting kneecaps and getting his double venti coffee again because those are <laughs> golden moments that everybody needs to cherish on television. And also that 2024 NFL draft, let's make it in Detroit. That is going to actually happen. I'm going to try to buy tickets now, even though it's probably going to be borderline legal. Uh, I'm going to try to find a way to secure my spot to go to the Motor City two years from now in a month and be down there for this event. And I think a lot of people are slandering it because it's because it's Detroit. People don't realize how much Bro, Detroit, Detroit cares about nice. football. And Detroit has gotten a lot nice, especially like that district of Detroit that they're building a little bit right there in between, uh, what is it, in between Little Caesars and like... Uh, I literally can't think right now. Little Caesars, Ford Field, and Comerica Park. Like that little like block area where they're kind of building stuff at, where they're going to be making like restaurants and shops and stuff. Mm-hmm. People don't understand. It's going to be a sick place. It is going to be sick. And I'm wondering where they're going to do it. I'm assuming that they're going to probably... I'm guessing, I'm guessing Ford Field. It's, I think it's got to be in that scenario, but I think there's a lot you can do. Uh, I mean, because Detroit's pretty wide open as far yeah, as that options. Theater, don't you? What theater's down there? There's like a big like show hall down there yeah i mean they could even probably do they could probably even do it in ford field too if they wanted to i don't think it'd be if you set up a stage and everything yeah it wouldn't be as cool but i mean that's certainly a possibility i would like to do i'd love for them to do it downtown you'd have like obviously you'd have like the you'd have the bucket drummers drumming Mm -hmm. all the way around i think that'd be pretty sweet i think people just need to realize hey detroit cares about football it's not just a dump that everybody talks about stop Mm -hmm. that nonsense it's not there's a lot worse cities in condition because I think some people when they refer like to Detroit Cleveland. too. Yeah, <laughs> we just went to Cleveland and nobody said anything. Oh, like it was Columbus. fantastic! Like, well, they said it was a dump hole two months ago. Like before Cincinnati, this draft happened. Ohio is garbage. Yeah, you're just gonna keep going down the list. I'm just gonna you? go down all Ohio <laughs> cities I can name. Oh gosh, that we might be here all day. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. But I Detroit has definitely its crinkles. It definitely has its burnt edges of the picture, but it's still an awesome city. 
and I yeah. respect his gotten, fan base that is devoted. It has gotten a lot nicer. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when I was little, and, like, we would go to, like, Detroit games and stuff, like, you would have to stay on, like, one street, or else if you go off that street, like, there's a good chance you get mugged, or like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, there was, like, you literally, you you had to be in, like, the main area of Detroit, or else it would just be a bad spot to be in, but now it's, like, you can kind of walk around a little bit, you can kind of be around stuff more without kind of, you know, getting worried that, like, you're going to run into some bad stuff spots or whatever but like Detroit's starting to come around a little bit and I think people are starting to recognize that especially with Detroit getting this bid and I think when that when the when it comes to uh the draft coming there and a lot of people finally realize it and a lot of people are there then I think we're gonna get the recognition that the city deserves absolutely it's gonna be fun and I'm excited to watch the show and being able to hopefully be at the draft I'm gonna have to like mark my calendar for a month and two years from now but I'm gonna try to make it down there maybe we'll have an MBSP live stream maybe I can get Joe to come back for wherever he's venturing at at that moment of time as well as myself and we can get back together but i'm I'm certainly going to be looking to go there but uh finishing out the show we're bringing the mb3 back haven't done it in a while and we wanted to bring it back in this case the nfl jersey controversies have been well i shouldn't say controversies inquiries yes with the new helmet rule have definitely been springing up so we figured hey we're gonna do our top three jersey combos uh from this the current NFL season because the throwbacks are going to be good. Yeah. So, so do you want to do top three throwbacks Mike, for NFL Mike, or top three just jersey combos of all time? Are we doing the top? So I think we do current as far as where teams sit at right now with their current combos that they've used last year. Are we yeah. doing one single uniform or are we doing like say, the whole set? I say we should do. You want to do two MV3s where we do the best throwback set and then the best just set from last year? Okay, I can dig that. So we'll do, yeah, we'll do that then. So we'll start off with um, the we'll best. We'll start with a regular set. We'll start yeah, with a regular set. Regular sets. Okay, so we're looking at both home and away that have been worn by teams as of last season. Okay, so uh, and that's kind of tough because I think there's a lot of good ones that some people would just kind of be like, yeah, that's boring because they're the classics. But mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see where this goes. So uh, who starts? Flip a coin. I'll, I'll go first. Right. I'll go first. I have taken the coin and given it to myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, this is a controversial one, uh, but I think number three has got to go to the Titans. That kind of combo, uh, especially for their home and away with like that baby blue and that navy blue with the white and a little bit of that black. Dude, it is so clean, especially when you get those kind of alternates of the of the baby blue, uh, kind of like that baby blue top and that uh, navy blue bottom. Mm-hmm. When you see that on the field, it's such a it's such a clean combo, especially with their helmets, kind of like that like alternate stripe that they got going down the middle. That one's pretty solid. But what's yours, Brandon? So you got the Titans at number. I got three. the Titans at number three. Are we doing pick it, steal it, or are we doing just pick it? Pick it, steal it. Pick it and steal it. Oh, that's tough because now you see it's like. Yeah, I want that one definitely in my top, but I also don't know if I want to put that one there. Uh, my third pick overall for regular set, I'm going to go with the classic. I'm going to take the Niners with the red mm. and gold. I think that's a sick combo. It's classic. It's clean. It gets the job done. And I, I mean, even flipping over to the white, it looks just as clean. Um, I, we might mention them again, obviously, with the throwbacks coming up. Uh, I'll be interested to see who steals that one, but... Really clean, classical, holds the history. There's really no way you can change it. Just works. It's beautiful. And it fits the San Fran Gold Rush like a charm. Beautiful. Oh, for sure. San Fran, number three for me. For sure. I think my number two has got to be 
the Bills with the red, white, and blue. Each way they have it, their their main, their away, and their color rush is just so clean. Especially the white jerseys when you kind of got that set up. Their helmets are really clean and a good setup for that. The, especially their color rush are so good. I mean, there's they don't really don't miss uh, for a lot of their spots. I mean, it's, they're they. I think uh, like NFL or like some fan places have them kind of in the middle, but number two is where I got them hundred percent. All right, that's it. I like that one. That's a good one. I feel like some people don't look at like. The Sleep Bills, on a little bit. The Patriots, because they're so historical, or even like the Packers, for example. Like, those are really nice uniforms. They're just so old and dated, you know? Mm-hmm. It just kind of, you don't look at that necessarily. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of great combos from that. Uh, if I had to pick one here, number two, I'm going to go to the AFC North. I'm going to take the Ravens. I really like the combos that they have, um, especially with the the purple pants, the white tops, and then you can obviously throw in the purple and the white, and then obviously the black collar rush looks very, very sweet. And I think it with the fit of the helmet and the black helmet looks mm-hmm. pretty sweet. I really, I really like those uniforms, probably more than some other people do, because it's a weird, interesting conversation and uh, combinations that they have. But I think that overall, that versatility, the unique color selection, I think it's yeah. pretty beautiful. And I'm just glad that they don't go all out like Maryland does and try the whole state flag helmet, because that would make it look awful. <laughs> yeah. Say that for sure. But they have the little patch there. It's subtle, it's kind of sick. and it works, yeah. and you still have the same representation. So I think these uniforms are clean, and they also have even the hand warmers for Lamar Jackson within the the jersey. So I'll give credit to the Stitchers for that just alone, and they can make number two on my list. Mm, that's a pretty tough one, because I was kind of thinking about putting them uh, on my list as well. Uh, but number one, I think everybody knows this one. It's got to yeah. be the Chargers. I knew it. That powder blue and the white and the yellow is just such a clean combo. It is. Especially looking at that helmet. Mm. Dude, it is. It is so nice. And, you know, normally I don't like the numbers on the helmet, you know, but the way that they did it is just a little bit more pleasing. And I think just the way they're a little bit more subtle with kind of the charger on the helmet. It's not as big as it used to be. They made a little bit smaller, but all around just their color rush, their home and away. So clean. And I don't think anybody really tops them. Yeah, I think that's one that's probably the fan favorite for sure. And I think for good reason, they definitely have some sweet unis all around. Uh, number one on my list, uh, I'll, I'll give homage to my grandfather for this one, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I really, mm. I think the gold, they have a pretty solid, the black, they have a pretty solid. the classic helmet. And it's just such a brightening uniform. Like, I think there's so much they can obviously even do more on top of that. And the iconic part of it, the colors of having the different nameplate with the different number, I think is really unique. And I mean, just that whole combination. And especially like, I know I'm kind of the, I, I consider it more in a historical reference too of, you know, obviously the the yellow and the black representing um the city as far as the steel, as mm-hmm. far as the grit. And I think that just really fits it well. And I think there's really no other way they can better it. I'd be interested to see though if they were in, if they wanted to even go somewhere towards like an all maze or all yellow combo, kind of like Michigan does. I don't know if it looked the same, but if they ended up figuring that out and they I critique think it, it could, that could look cool. Like it might look pretty sweet. So there's even unlimited possibilities, but respect the classic. I really love these jerseys. I wanted one growing up because they were just really cool. So that's my number one. Respect. So now flipping over to throwbacks. Throwbacks, throwbacks, right? You can go first this time since I went first last time. Oh, that's tough. You know, because I want to, do I have to, do we have to pick a different team? Cause I say I say we can go same with these because there are some that like are just fan favorites all around. Yeah, because I mean, 
obviously like I'm I'd be in the scenario of like mm, it's pretty easy for me to pick the the Niners again because yeah. they're those are ones are just so cool. But I think there's a oh there's quite a few of them that I would say like are pretty cool. Uh, I think honestly one that I really like that some people I would understand don't think of it as cool. I really like the all the all black. Falcons. I really liked mm. that combo, the Mike Vick combo. Uh, I think it was super cool, and I think with that classic helmet, the black top, the white pants, I think looks really cool. And I think a lot, of, I think a lot of people kind of let that one go. Uh, and I think that they obviously they've kept them around so long. I think definitely shows like the fact that they're that cool. So I'm gonna take the the Falcons at that number three spot, and I'll see I'll see interested to see where you go here. Yeah, that one is sick, and that kind of red helmet. If they decide to go back to that, that would be like really cool. I think that'll be pretty, pretty solid choice. I mine is gonna be the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the Titans old, or was it the Titans or Texans? Houston Oilers. Yeah, they're old Oilers. throwback. If I they like decide it. to go with that, that one's gonna be sick because they have honestly one of the cool ones. It's kind of like the Buffalo Bills, but it's got like that powder blue instead of the yeah. instead of that kind of royal blue look I to like it. That. So those, if especially with a modern look to it. Uh, that they'll add if they decide to do a throwback uni or kind of what they decide to do with those alternate helmets be a pretty sick look yeah i i think those ones are really cool too and i think a lot of people kind of sleep on them because obviously you know the houston oilers don't really are uh, the houston texans i should say don't really use the same uh houston Oilers stuff as they used to mm-hmm. um if we're going with uh ones that are are we doing hypotheticals or are we doing actuals ones that they've I'd actually like worn ac- actually have worn Okay. Um, and ones that like we're looking forward to. Yeah. Cause it, then, hopefully that they implement for the season. Because then you could be like, ooh, then could I pick the creamsicles or anything mm. like that? Because that would be one <sighs> I would consider. Creamsicles, man. The creamsicles are pretty nice, though. I think one that I would pick as well um, that has been worn on, I think that you pointed out on one of our shows, Joe, the Miami Dolphins with the Dolphin logo and with the Ooh, helmet yeah, on. Yeah, the helmet. I like the all Dude, white. I like that one I, so much. The subtleness on the numbers is what gets me. You know, like they obviously have that that teal green where it's it's the number, and then they have the, the orange outline, and then just the subtle black to it that brings out the extra texture. I think is really sweet, and I know like they just kind of redeveloped that aqua jersey uh, as well, or I should say the white with the aqua uh with the helmet too so i think that that's one that they definitely kept around and they will keep continuing to have around uh, and i think that's one that i think is really cool and i think a lot of people don't look at it because you know it's not it's not flamboyant it's not flashy like yeah. it's an all-white combo but it is very very clean and i think there's a reason that it's kept around because everybody likes it and it's clean so all that's right. my number two my number two i think a lot of people can agree with me is pat the patriot it's the old throwback of the oh. Minutemen uh, hiking the ball for the Patriots. That one, me and my dad actually really liked those, that one as well. So th- that one is probably like, I think, <clears throat> other than the one I'm going to say for number one, which I think you're also going to say for number one, Brandon. <laughs> uh, but like this one is just so clean, like all white, even if they do their away where it's like the red top and the white bottom, it just looks like. A pate like what a patriot would look like, you know. I think what they could do is maybe make it like a blue top or something like that. Because I mean, if they do a red top, it kind of looks like a red coat, and red coats are British and they're not like the same. But no, no, I'm excited no. to see like what they do, kind of with like that modern twist. Because I guarantee, especially with a lot of these teams who might be doing that throwback uniform and stuff for like, uh, if they choose the unis. Yeah, I think those ones definitely will. I think will make an appearance again, and I think. 
Yeah, I think it's already been a rumor, right? That they are already talking about bringing so, it back yeah. with the white. I, it's such a fan. I think they'd make so much money too off those jerseys if yeah. they bring those back. And I know the. I think the most, the most, what was it? The most notable game in those <coughs> uniforms was. Um, well, that wasn't the Tuck Rule game though, was it? Where they had that mm. that uniform? I don't think it was, but I don't think it was. But I remember. I mean, Randy Moss was on the Patriots when that happened. Right, so. right. So I think there was. Um, I think there was definitely some different ones, but uh, my number one. Uh, this is torn because I really want to pick a different team, but I think it's just so hard not to. I'm going to have to go with the Niners in mm, their throwback. That's not who I thought you were going to go with. No, you weren't. Okay, no. you, you know what would be my number one, though, if we actually would wear it, right? Yeah. Midnight Blues or Midnight oh, Detroit. Detroit. That would probably that's be my number solid. one if I, I did that. I wasn't going to say that one either. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know you as well as I thought I was yeah, going to say. I, but. I think I just I can't get away from that. I'm looking at all of them here, and I'm like, I can't get away from that one, and I it's just too good, and I think it's it's really hard to go away from it. I don't want to pick two in the same one, but I'm kind of forcing myself to do so. But I think it's a great uniform. I think it's so it's so clean, and I think the striping and the piping and even the the numbers. I mean, I think you, I can honestly see why I picked that one in comparison with Miami's too. It has the same similar kind of number yeah, it's pattern, got that black uh, kind yeah, of that outline, little, that little contour. But I think it's just such a clean uniform. And and I think it's just so commemorative. Like, I think that one... Yeah. Like I think if, the simple is better, you know? Yeah, I think that the simplicity of it just makes it that good. And the fact that they're wearing that in a... Even the white combo, too, looks just as good. And that might be why I'm a little bit more biased to that one. Because both of them, mm. both of the throwback ones look really sick. Um, but those are my... That's my pick for the number one. Even though I want to pick a different one. Like, I wanted to pick the Lions. I was considering maybe even going back all the way to the throwback Rams. But uh, I, I'm curious now because... I thought almost I was on the same page with you that San Fran was number one, but you're almost telling me it's not, Joe. So mm. then what makes your number one? I think, you know, it's got to be the creamsicles okay. from the Buccaneers. Bucko Bruce, dude, those are so nasty. Like those are, they're honestly one of the cleanest color combos, I think, in all of all of the NFL, especially the throwbacks. I'm not a huge fan of like their new colors with like, you know, the red and stuff like that, but you know, when they go back to those, especially just the drip that you see on the field of the players when they're wearing those, drip, like, drip. it is so clean. And, you know, when you look back at it, like, that is such a cool logo with the Buccaneer with a, with a knife in his mouth. Like, that's, I mean, I do like their, their new one where it's got, like, the flag and, like, the, or you see the whole uniform put together as, you know, the, the cream jersey, the white helmet, the cream face mask. Like, it just looks so cool. And, like, that's one of the things I'm so excited for because coming 2023, baby, mm-hmm. you got to be ready for it. You got to be ready for it. The uniforms are coming back, and they're coming back with a vengeance. And, though, that's going to be super fun. But there's a lot of good ones out there. I mean, we even mentioned some of them that we were put on the honorable mentions list as well. Honestly, I'd consider the Raiders have one of the better jerseys with the black and silver, but I don't know what if that's classified as a throwback jersey they wear full time or a classic jersey that is not it wouldn't necessarily be a throwback, right? Because it kind of mixed together. So, yeah. but there's a lot of good uniforms out there, and I think it'll be interesting now with the new helmet rule how much more expansive we'll get, especially when you got teams that are being really innovative with colors and innovative with schemes like the Chargers have when I even you can honestly say with the the, the historical background and add addition of like what Tampa Bay's done going back to the older style and kind of re kind of readjusting those to make them in a more modern twist. But gonna be interesting to see how what teams change up and hopefully we get a Lions jersey change coming up in 2023. Bring mm-hmm. the Midnight Blacks back, please. Dude, those would be sick. Do it for Dan. 
Do yeah, it I, for Dan. The Midnight Blacks with the with the silver helmets. Like people don't like the silver helmets, but I like the silver helmets. I, I think, think those are pretty too. clean. I can see like some people are like, yeah, I want like black or I want blue or something just to change. I don't it think up, you but, change from the silver one though. Yeah, I don't know. It's so iconic, and I think they're, the silver helmets are staying because we're gonna wear the throwbacks on Thanksgiving every year for not hot now till how long? So, yeah. but I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see where this ends up going but thank you so much guys for tuning into this little delayed episode we appreciate your review and don't forget to subscribe and like on whatever podcast platform you are on don't forget to check out our youtube channel we're posting our best bits and live shows as well on there you can check out all those videos as well some of our summer ones we did back if you want some of the 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 covid content i guess you could say Uh, but of course you got to follow us on instagram and twitter at the mvsp don't forget to drop a follow for me and joe as well Uh, we can interact as well for all things show related but joe another good show my friend oh for sure and as always take care everybody